0: Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is when you are listening to this. Welcome to episode 38. I know, I took a bit of a break. I didn't intentionally take a break, but I did feel a little bit lost for creativity, is the best way that I can put it. Sometimes I have so many ideas in my head and sometimes there are none. And both of those things can be quite problematic for me as someone with ADHD because I then don't end up doing anything. However, I have found this like level of focus this week. So I'm like, you know what, we're going to run with it. And I made a list of things I wanted to talk to you guys about. So now here we go. We are recording some podcasts today. I want to talk to you about this this new I mean it's not a new concept but I think it's a new trend shall we say and it all centers around blood glucose monitoring um blood glucose spikes continuous glucose monitors all these things and I I did do a post on this on Instagram but I guess this is just to kind of expand and you know this gets put in my question box each week um especially when it's relating to you know people that have been speaking about this quite openly i mean we'll, we'll we'll say who it is mainly that's kind of perpetuating this especially on a a kind of mainstream level and it's the glucose goddess who i actually did follow maybe about 3 years ago or so um and i guess this is why you know this is so problematic because she is theoretically providing information that is not exactly incorrect. However, if you delve deeper into what she cites, the, the kind of research that she cites and the evidence that she brings forward, she has cherry-picked parts of it. Um, and we will unpack that a bit in this this episode. But theoretically what she is saying is not wrong it's just that it doesn't apply to the majority of the population um and I did end up unfollowing her quite a few years ago because I was like you know what this is this is not bs but it's just pathologizing something that people don't need to worry about so you know this whole trend of um and I guess it comes from this personalized nutrition standpoint as well of oh let's um monitor our glucose levels and monitor our glucose spikes, because it's going to be good for our health, you know, making out that glucose spikes are the kind of the cause of all of our issues, all of our illnesses of why we can't manage our weight and causing inflammation, which is causing us to cook from the inside out, which is, is a bit wild, to be honest, let's be really honest. So I wanted to kind of give you guys a bit of a, I guess a little lesson in what the hell this all means and pick apart some of the things that you may, pardon me, may have heard. And then I guess maybe on another episode, we might go into what can you actually do if you are somebody that does maybe need to be aware of how their, gluc- their glucose levels um, impacts their health. Let's go with that. So let's go into a little bit of a a kind of lesson on physiology shall we and i guess to fully understand glucose spikes and understand what it all means you need to understand how the body controls or reacts to this so blood glucose which is also your blood sugar um is controlled by our endocrine system and the hormones there and it's mainly Um, dealt with in the pancreas, right, so all over our body we have all of these negative feedback loops that work to keep us in an optimal state, to keep us at homeostasis, right, and um, we can't really control these, I mean sometimes our behaviours will take us out of this and this is where we do need to be mindful of, of how these systems work, but generally speaking in healthy populations this negative feedback loop keeps us in a optimal range of blood glucose. It stops it getting too high, it stops it getting too low. And how it does this is, if our blood glucose starts to drop, which we, we call hypoglycemia, hypo, low. Oh, there's a fly. Can you hear that? It's so loud. Um. So if it starts to drop too low, then our body will release a hormone called glucagon, which will tap into our stored forms of glucose, which is called glycogen, so we have it stored in our body, it will tap into that, break it down into glucose, release it back into the blood, and keep us in this optimal range, and the same goes the other way, so when our blood glucose rises, and this generally happens when we eat food, and it starts to be broken down, it comes into blood as um, glucose, we then release Insulin and insulin helps us to take it back to these sites where it is stored as glycogen, um, or it's used in, you know, activity or or all of the processes within the body that we can use glucose in. That is it in a nutshell. So, this is all completely normal. This is all really good. It's very normal to have a rise in our blood glucose, um, and this is what people tend to refer to as a glucose spike. Um, after we eat, after a meal, it goes up, then it comes back down. And this happens every time you eat. The problem is, is that this is being pathologized. This normal response to food is being picked out as this glucose spike is responsible for every bad thing that happens in the body. And this is really just not the case. If you are somebody that has a condition which impacts your glucose control. Um, So for instance, if you are pre-diabetic or you have diabetes or you have PCOS, which basically means you have some level of insulin resistance, then that is when you may then start paying attention to your glucose levels. But what we are actually paying attention to is not just a glucose spike from food. We're actually looking at the variability in blood glucose. More importantly, where does your resting blood glucose level sit? And they measure that. Um, And this is the most important thing. You know, where does it start? And then these kind of peaks and troughs that we get when we eat, how long are we spending in an elevated state? Because when we have insulin resistance it means that the cells and the places where we would normally put glucose become resistant to insulin. So if you think of insulin as like little Uber drivers taking glucose to different um, doorsteps, dropping people off at their houses, these people that get out of the Ubers, they can't get into their doors. That's what's happening. So then we have this increase in all this glucose in the blood. So that's what we're focusing on. We're not focusing on the actual... Blood glucose spike itself, but more where we're at when we're resting. Uh, sorry, where your blood glucose at resting, which basically means in between meals, um, and then of these kind of peaks and troughs that we have, how many do we have? How quick are they um to go up to come back down, and how long are we spending in you know these elevated states because that's not great for us. So. That's what we're focusing on. That's what's important. And again, this isn't something that you need to worry about if you're a healthy individual because you have this negative feedback loop that works really, really well to control that. Um, But yet we see that people like the glucose goddess or other people um, talk about personalized nutrition are claiming that we need to avoid or eliminate or minimize these, these spikes that we see when we eat food and the way that we do this is by eating foods in a certain order um some people will go as far as saying you know we need to completely remove carbohydrates altogether um which is just so problematic and dumb in itself you know if you actually look at the way that um the body works and the way that insulin works you know we can Still transport glucose around our body without insulin, and we can still have an insulinemic response without carbohydrates as such. The body will still make glucose. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent there. Um, So, by saying, right, we need to avoid or minimize these spikes by eating foods in a certain order, yes, this does theoretically work. That is what happens. If you eat, you know, protein and vegetables, and fiber, before you eat things like starchy carbs, or even refined carbohydrates, then you are going to slow the release of glucose into the blood, so you're going to reduce this area under the curve, you're going to reduce um, the the speed of the spike, right, that doesn't mean, though, that we are reducing all these things that we have claimed these glucose, these blood glucose spikes do we are not then um increasing weight loss we're not then reversing you know pcos or we're not curing illnesses or reducing inflammation by doing that we are quite literally just slowing the release of glucose into the blood if you have a clinical condition where you have insulin resistance then yes maybe that is a good thing and a lot of the research that is used to back up these claims made is done in those with diabetes or pre-diabetes or people with impaired glucose control. However, it's not showing that by reducing or slowing down the release of glucose into the blood that we are then improving fat loss or improving inflammation. We're just, we're just changing the speed. <laughs> That's all we're doing. Um, you know, there might be different reasons why it might result in changes in fat loss for some people but we actually don't see that in the research that's not what we're seeing and there's no real difference so what we need to focus on is research that is actually done on people that don't have prediabetes or diabetes and when we're looking at populations that do have that we want to focus on the overall glucose variability that is what is important um we don't need to be focusing on these individual spikes themselves, especially if you're a healthy individual. Um, And I guess the kind of, the main thing that won't seem to die, and I guess this is where a lot of people build up their carb fear from, is that people think by having glucose spikes and increasing insulin that this is what causes weight gain. Um, And that's not the case. When we look at different diet makeup, different um, macronutrient percentages or intakes, but we match calories, we see in the research that there's literally no difference in the amount of weight loss. So if it were the case that spiking your glucose is what stops you gaining weight, then high carb diets wouldn't work. And actually we know that they do. And for me, my clients, having carbohydrates and making sure we get quite a lot of them, especially if you're active, is really, really important. So circling back, healthy people, you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry about your glucose at all, to be honest. Um, it's not something that we really need to be focusing on. Do we need to focus on what we have in our meals? Yes, of course. Um, and there are things that the glucose Got to says that are actually things that I would recommend, like eating more protein, having more um, fibrous carbohydrates, starch carbohydrates in your food. I think all those things can help with appetite and hunger, but it's not necessarily related to your blood glucose spikes. That's not what we're seeing. Um, so there's no research to suggest that looking at your glucose variability or your spikes is relevant for Anyone that does not have impaired glucose control, aka you people listen to this, you healthy individuals, please don't worry. If you want to improve the sources of carbohydrates that you have, you want to think about adding more protein and vegetables to your meals for a health perspective, great, but it's not because of this kind of glucose response. This glucose spike that everyone's referring to is a very, very normal response to food and can be expected. So, there's your little lesson in blood glucose um and hopefully in carbohydrates, because I just I see it feeding into this fear that people already have. People already see carbohydrates as this thing that causes us to gain weight when you know time and time again we see this debunked this it's not the carbohydrates it's the overall energy that contributes to weight gain so I feel like people are maybe latching onto this to reaffirm their fears anyway and to help them to maintain already problematic behaviours. That That's my issue with this. So I just wanted to come back. I have done a few podcasts on things like this um, around carbohydrates, but seeing as this is kind of rearing its head again, there's a lot of people going kind of viral with different videos, I thought it would be very apt that we come back to this, I guess the take home is most of the things that you see that sound really novel and really new and probably quite scary are not relevant to most people. There is always a little kernel of truth in these things that is massively exaggerated. Um, If you want a couple of people that are really good for information on this, Dr. Nicola Guess she's great, she's a real expert in this area, and there's also a page on Instagram by a doctor, I think his Instagram handle is just doctor.ids, I-D-Z, and he really hammers into breaking down the research that is cited around this, um, and how there's little parts of the research taken, but then other parts of the research completely disregarded, Um really, really good information there. If you are wanting to delve into this a little bit more, but honestly, my take home would be, you really don't need to worry about your blood glucose levels, your, blue, your blood glucose variability, or your blood glucose spikes from food. Focus on the, you know, their foundational habits that we talk about all the time, eating at regular times, having balanced meals, addressing all of your macro and micro needs, staying hydrated, not being a hydrated bitch, getting your heart rate up every now and again, doing resistance training, all these things are really, really great. But if you're listening and thinking, okay, well, I do have impaired glucose, I do have PCOS, or I am pre-diabetic, what can I do that's going to help? What do I need to focus on? Then I will do another podcast episode for you guys, um, because I'm on a roll now, apparently. Apparently I'm here to stay with this podcast in malarkey. Um, but that's it for today. That's all I wanted to kind of hammer home. And I hope it's been helpful. I hope it helps you to understand things a little bit more. Do feel free to DM me, email me, drop me a message if you work with me. If you found this useful and it helped you to understand. And as always, if you do have any ideas that you want me to cover off in future podcasts let me know. You can find my Instagram, my email, all that stuff in the show notes. That sounds so professional, in the show notes. Um, And I'll catch you soon, hopefully soon. I'll be breaking the, the plus 40 barrier. I feel like that's a great place to be with a podcast. And hope you all enjoy the rest of your day, evening, morning, whatever it may be. And I will see you all, or catch up with you all, very soon.